0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic legacy leader show. Today, I have someone very, very special that not only had a chance to hear uh, speaking in Clubhouse on numerous occasions, but really to hear from others what they say about him and how he is making magic happen on so many levels. Without further ado, I wanted to invite you to hear Jason's, Jason Sinceros, who is joining us from North Carolina. Is that true?
1: South Carolina, close, you know, in Charleston, South Carolina. Are you funny, the South I, I Carolina. Oh, you in South Carolina. Oh,
0: Charleston, <laughs> the beautiful historic city uh, or town, right?
1: It's a beautiful, beautiful city and lots of history and lots of different things that have gone on down here. But more importantly, the people are amazing and, and it's really gorgeous. The weather is awesome. Um, I love being on the water. So it's a great place to be.
0: Fantastic. And and beside the history, also phenomenal food, isn't it? A lot of the Cajun oh, food everywhere. and seafood and uh, great place and shops to stop and enjoy outdoor patios and eating.
1: Yeah. Well, you said, and, you, and yeah, it's, a, it's beautiful. There's a place, my favorite place to go is called Fig. And it's a restaurant. If anybody gets a chance to go to Charleston and eat at a place called Fig, it's unbelievable. The food is great. The service is great. It's, um, it's really great. So you, you said that you heard what other people were saying about me. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I <laughs> uh, will tackle that surely, but what is happening about you, Jason, you are yeah, like, uh, doing phenomenal work in, J- um, as they say, jack of all trades, but you're doing them so well, which is also unbelievable. You're not linear, obviously. You're doing phenomenal business architecture, making magic happen in a business realm with entrepreneurs and, and, and large companies, but also besides being speaker, you comedian. And one point that I also love is your humanitarian effort efforts and specifically around human trafficking efforts that you're doing and that is where the word on the street is how much actually you making change and impact so guys buckle up because this is going to be action-packed conversation so jason where do we start
1: at the beginning i don't know (laughs) we're going to start where it starts
0: Fantastic. So do you mind sharing a little bit for our global listeners? Where did you grow up? Obviously, you are being um, between multiple different cities at the moment and traveling uh, when you can. Prior to that, you've been all over. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your upbringing and how did you get a to be a comedian, but Mm -hmm. also to contrast that, to be involved in human trafficking, something that is also very close to my heart, that it's also such a huge, big contrast with skill set, mindset, and definitely impact.
1: Well, it's, it's great. I I love to tell the story because, you know, a lot of times we sit around and this is for your, for your listeners uh, more than anything, because my story, I get bored of telling it, but, but when it, when we hear people's stories, we want to see ourselves in them and the opportunity that we have when they win and, and warnings for when they lose and when they make bad decisions so that we can avoid those things. Um, so my story is just my story. Um, I would love and invite everybody to see themselves in the story, uh, as we talk, but, but for me, I, I grew up in a really strange situation. My, my adopted father was very abusive. Um, he was, a uh, a a very bad guy, drug dealer, um, you know, abusive to my mom. And so we would move, we would be in a big city one day and we would be in a little town. Nobody had ever heard of the next, um, because he'd broken the law or done something and, you know, and we were hiding out and blah, blah, blah. But that was, uh, that was my, most of my youth. We really never settled down in any one place, but, um, you know, places like Rocky Ford, Colorado, uh, you know, for instance, and, uh, the home of the meloniers you know, because they're famous for their watermelons and their cantaloupes. Uh, but I met a coach there by the name of, of Charlie White, who was my wrestling coach, made a big impact on my life. Uh, you know, we moved away to another big city and then back to a town called Rifle, Colorado. And and uh, Rifle, I met another coach, uh, Coach Daryl Holt, who made a big difference in my life. Somewhere along the way, I had a, a fourth grade teacher by the name of Mrs. Ivy. Um, you know, and and so my upbringing was uh, very unique. Um, and and that led into uh, what I learned, which was I learned how to deal drugs. I learned how to fight. I'd been fighting a, a full grown man since the first time I stepped in between him and my mom when I was somewhere, you know, between six and eight-ish um, and started taking those beatings. It's my, my picture as I'm growing up, my nose is on this side it's on this side it's it's actually a little bit funny now that I'm looking back on it wasn't funny at the time but uh um, you know the, those things you said I mean coming full circle I believe that a lot of things that happened to us early in life were a primer for God's call on our purpose and and there they we feel like we're broken I felt like you know I'm I make light of my childhood but it was it was torturous I mean I would be locked in my room until my face would heal uh, sometimes my, we were very, very, very poor. My, uh, my mom, I remember standing in line with her to get government cheese and, and, uh, powdered milk. I, I remember the embarrassment on her face when she had to pay with, uh, food stamps for food. Uh, I remember walking dirt roads with her to get asparagus off the side of the road, uh, or else we wouldn't eat that day. And, you know, so, so all of that, I believe builds character if you allow it. We all have a choice. You have a choice. The way that you were raised, we all, everybody that's listening to this has a choice to define our childhood as something that, that did damage to us or that lifted us and gave us gifts that normal people don't have. So early in my life, I didn't know this. I had no wisdom. I had no access to a show like you're doing. And, and so I went, you know, I went the other direction. I became a, a, a you know, a criminal myself. I, fought. I collected money. I dealt drugs. I did all of those things. And it's been, if it wasn't for mentors and people like you and, and now me and people that are out there that would reach into other people's lives, I don't know. I mean, I actually do know where I would be. Most of my friends are either dead or in prison or died in prison. And I know that that's where I would have ended up, but, the, but for the grace of God. And so at some point in time, I met a couple of mentors that said, Hey, Jason, you know, you're wasting your life you're wasting your talent. You should really, you know, think about going a different direction and taking all that energy and that creative energy, because it, it takes just as much energy and creative energy for you to, to make bad decisions as it does to make good decisions. And that thought process changed my life. I was like, that's a crazy thought. Um, I hadn't dealt with a lot of my childhood abuse, the PTSD that you get from all of the things that you go through. Uh, but I did get a passion for being on the right side of the law. And I started into a business um, and I got married and, and we had some kids and, and somewhere along the way, all of my past sort of caught up to me because I didn't realize that if we don't learn from our past, we're destined to repeat it. Yeah. And so I did that. I was doing so well. I didn't realize that I had an unconscious need to, to fail, right? To, to live up to the words of my adopted father calling me a loser and saying I was never going to amount to anything and all that kind of stuff. So my marriage fell apart. My businesses fell apart. I went bankrupt three times in a row um, and fell into a deep depression because what happens when the, the process of thought of what you're going to do with your life completely falls apart for all of us not just me for all of us it 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 throws you into a you know sort of a crisis mode yes. of who the hell am i like what what good am i doing here what is, you know and that drove me i i followed that path of thought all the way down to a moment where i, I had the only possession that i had left in my life i lost my home i lost my marriage um, you know, I, I, lost, I was away from my children. Um, I didn't, couldn't have a job because I was having panic attacks. Didn't even know what that meant at the time. So I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't hold a conversation with somebody without feeling like I said, I was having a heart attack or something. And, and so that led into me losing my place and selling everything. The only possession that I kept was a gun. And I thought if it gets bad enough, at least I'll be able to end it you know, this way. And I did that. I went to a cliff, uh, sat on that cliff with the full intention of falling over into the ocean so that my children wouldn't have to see an open casket. Nobody would have to find me. I would just disappear. And it was in that moment that, you know, I've been a Christian just recently for, you know, I don't know, uh, for probably since November when I was baptized last year. And uh, but I've always believed in God. And, and there was a moment where I was sitting on that cliff where I, I heard audibly in my ear, not yet, not yet. Wow. And, I, and, I, and I looked around, Isabella. I looked around because it was that clear. I thought, there, is there somebody out here with me? And I looked around and, and it came again, not yet. And, and I think that we've all had that moment where, you know, where, when you're driven, not everybody maybe, but those people that are driven to that point in your life where everything seems desperate, everything seems as if there's really no purpose, there's really no reason for continuing, and that the, the world would actually be better off without you. We can, we can convince ourselves of, of nearly anything, even something as, 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 incorrect as that thought process is, we can get there. And, and, you know, since then uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stay there in that moment, but I heard it again, not yet. And then the next thought was, okay, it's God speaking to me. Cause I've always believed in God. When I would be locked in my room, I had a couple of things, um, you know, as I was healing, one was the Bible. And I never read it from a religious perspective. I've always read the Bible as a series of stories you know, because I was passing time while my face was healing or whatever the the case may be. And I had a set of weights that uh, that my grandfather made sure that I had. It was one of those old plastic ones that was filled with concrete. It was terrible. (laughs) But um, but those were the things that I had. And 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 I always believed in God. I've always believed that there was a higher power than man. I always knew that there was somebody that was guiding me, protecting me, speaking to me Uh, you know, not audibly, because I've never, never before and never since have I ever actually heard the word of God or had a conversation or any of the things that you hear about. Uh, But, but it was in that moment when I said, okay, not yet. I hear you. You know, I recognize where this voice is coming from, but, but now what, right? It's another, it's another sensation that we get. I mean, all think about all the trials that you've been through. And, and all the, the things that you've had to overcome, you get to the other side of it. And you're like, well, now what? Right? Okay, not yet. But now what, what am I going to do? And, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't hold down a job. I was going through all these things. And, you know, that led I'll, I'll speed a little bit through the story now. But that led to uh, me going to a homeless shelter, because I hadn't eaten in a few days. And, I had called everybody that I knew and said, Hey, you know, could you send me 10 bucks? I haven't eaten in a couple of days, just Western union it to me. I can figure out a place to go pick it up. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. And to the person, and this was a, a huge life lesson for me too, to the person, everybody was busy or couldn't help me or had to call me back which how are you gonna call me back when I'm on, you know, I'm homeless. I've got, I've got I'm calling you on a, on a, uh, on a pay phone for crying out loud. All of them in homes that I helped them buy it, driving cars that I had purchased for some of them, literally with my own money when they were down and out um, gave jobs to, for a decade or more, you know, every single one of those people that was around me for a sycophantic it, it sycophantic experience in other words i had built things so that the world would love me because of what i had mm. not who who i was right and so all of these people that were around me it wasn't their fault i had built a culture around me that said i want people around me that admire me for the wrong reasons and, and so that led into God saying, hey, here's all those people that admired you that won't send you $10, right? Wow. That led, and that led to me what going- What a lesson. It, what a great lesson. You know, if you can survive it, it's not bad. <laughs> it's, but, um, you know, so I went through that experience and then that drove me to a place where I, I had no other place. My, my one pride point was, at least I'm not a homeless guy yet. I had no home. I was living on the beach. I literally was homeless. But I had this pride point that I'm not one of those homeless people because I haven't been to a homeless shelter yet. I haven't been to a place to to beg for food. I haven't been to that place yet. And that day was the day that I became, uh, you know, in my mind, I was already homeless for a month or two. But uh, drove me to that place where, okay, now I have to beg, I have to throw myself on the mercy of another human being to be able to get through this day, um, to be able to eat. And, and there was a, a moment with Pastor Rick, who I'll never forget at that homeless shelter. And he handed me two books. He handed me the Bible and he handed me Tony Robbins book, um, The Power: uh, Awaken the, the Giant Within. And I threw the Bible back at him and I said, I've got no use for this crap. You know, I, I was pissed at God. He didn't care. You know, but but I was pissed because you know there's churches all around me. Nobody's helping me, right? There's you're supposed to help the down and out. That's part of the the call on a Christian heart is to help those that that can't help themselves and help people through tough times. It's one of the the, the primary calls. As I read the Bible when I was a child, I knew that. <laughs> and here was all these people that were going to church, not and again, I don't I don't want to paint everybody in the same light. But at that moment in my life, it was God saying, I've got to take everything away from you because you're too hard headed to listen to me and to follow my guidance uh, until we get rid of all this pride. And, uh, and I think there's a healthy pride too. It's a pride in a oh, job well done, pride in your children. There's, there's good pride, but I was having, I had all the bad pride. Um, I'm not like these people. I'm not a homeless person. I'm not, you know, I'm not like one of these bastard children that was that you know, blah blah, blah, I'm different. and And it took that moment for me to say, okay, well, I threw the Bible back at him, I took Tony Robbins' book and read in there, you know, and it's it's a huge, thick book. Yes. Um, <laughs> right? but I, I walked away with this one principle um, before we start moving the for the story forward. I walked away with this principle that was, it's in your moments of destiny where you're, where you're, or sorry, it's in your moments of decision where your destiny is shaped. It's the only thing I took from the Bible, right? It's the only thing. And, and so uh, what that meant to me though, the lesson that it taught me was hey, Jason, you're homeless for a reason. Hey, you know what? Your, your wife left you for a reason. You know, the, these people rejected you for a reason. It was my decisions that had put me in that place. where where I was having this experience. And it was a mind blowing uh, realization to say it was in my moments of decision, not my dad and how I was raised, not my mom and letting me go through it, not the government, not who was president, not who was setting financial policy, not my bosses, not my friends, not the people that were rejecting me when I would call them. It was my moments of decision that had put me in that position. And, and that's where the it started to switch to where personal responsibility, which I believe is this one of the sole jobs of a good parent, is to teach personal responsibility to our children. And I didn't get it when I was being raised. So life had to teach me. God had to teach me. And, and circumstances had to teach me that, Jason, you're ultimately responsible for your own actions. What happens outside of you and happens to you or for you. You have the sole right that was given to you by God of how you're going to define those outward actions. And you get to define them to be something that supports you or something that, that, that harms you and gives you further excuses for being a poor excuse for a human being. This is my, all my internal conversation, right? And, and, uh, and then I thought, okay. I'm going to take personal responsibility now for every, every breath I take for the rest of my life. I'm going to take personal responsibility for, and I'm going to define everything that happens to me in a way that supports me. And this is further on down the road. I'm going to take everything that happened to me in the past and give it a better definition. You know, oh, poor me. My daddy didn't love me. Oh, la, 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 la. You know, of course I'm a criminal. Of course I'm a loser. Of course I'm all that stuff too. That man beat toughness, toughness into me that, that, that created something inside of me that he tried to break. All it did was make it stronger. So thank God he was my adopted father. right? Thank God he was the, per, the person that God put in my life to break me and for me to be stro- stronger in those broken places so that I could grow up. To be, and I mean grow up spiritually. I mean grow up age-wise. I mean grow up in every sense of the world or word, and understand this: life is not about me. That every, even if I have nothing, I still have something to give. That's my love. That's my attention. That's my presence. And that, and I'm honor bound to give that to people who don't have it. Right. I had to take that personal responsibility on, and and he created in me somebody who now stands between. Women of domestic violence to go on the rescues and kick down doors, get bad guys and rescue these little girls, little boys that are being used around the world and to feed people, Um, to employ thousands of people, to help businesses uh, um, recover and or thrive so that they have more resources to give to the charities and to those things back in the world, right? To, To lift people out of darkness that I found myself walking in. I'm familiar with it and I know how to navigate it. And so now I can help people get out of it.
0: That is amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that story from your early childhood. And it's so true, we can be victims or we can be victor in all of that, depending on what we choose to do, right? And how to elevate our game and be better with. But you're right, life experience do definitely shape us. It's ironic. I'm here in Colorado, uh, but when you mentioned your beginning in Rifle and other parts of it, smaller towns and 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 different the landscape and things you've been exposed to, and how we're often very easily conditioned, right? Because you just mirror what others are doing and you accept that as a normal. Uh, but when we know better, we definitely change and do better, don't we? And when our environment changes, that's also where we start blossoming and thriving because. That is the conditioning that, again, expands our horizons and give us more opportunities to uh, truly tap into what we're meant to do. And I love what you said when you discovered religion and and Christianity and just the concept of it, right? And not just as a Bible, as a book, but as a concept, what is really all about and how we can be better humans as a result of it. And one of the things I wanted just to ask you, obviously you continue this journey. And when you said helping now because of experiences, that's why I was so effective in doing the work you do to rescue others under um, horrible circumstances, but also to understand the mindset of people behind it. right? And then how to navigate that. But in the same time, you're doing something amazing into business world. Uh, and I'm just curious, uh, what, what are you currently doing from the business standpoint when you when as an architect of, and, and a serial entrepreneur, um, what are you doing so that those two things are really mashing up very well?
1: Well, you know, the, the one thing that I didn't do was I didn't graduate from high school. I didn't have an education. And so the only thing that I could do was figure out, okay,'m I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a business owner. And those failures that I had, uh, those, those were interesting. Cause I took really good notes as I was failing. I'm like, okay, my line of credit dried up over here. My, you know, this key employee left at this time, you know, this, and, and, and I lost a couple of big customers at this time. Like I kept really copious notes on, on all three of my failures. And then long story short, I ended up going to work for Tony Robbins, right? That whole thing of reading his book and then seeing something up on a wall and then ending up at one of his events and, and not having a penny to my name except for the 14 bucks that I had left over from paying for the ticket to be there to that got me a white shirt a red tie and a blue pair of pants to go out and get a job and and a ratty pair of shoes uh, to going out and, and getting a job after I left his event. And then ultimately it led to me getting a job with him as a speaker um, because partly because of my story, because of my struggle. And, and uh, then I went on the road. I got to be in the presence of some of the greatest business minds that this world has ever known, Isabella. And, and I had these notebooks, you know, and I would be like, you know, sir, you know, Tom or, or Sam or Sally or whoever it was, I'll come over and take your trash out, right? There's this level of humility once you've been homeless, you can't offend me anymore. (laughs) You know, one of the things God takes away is your pride. And, and now I know I'm a servant. I'm no better than anybody else and I'm no worse than anybody else. Two really great things to realize in life. And, and I took those books and I would sit down. I would literally, I would cook for people. I would, I offered to take their trash out. I didn't really care. I wanted to be around them so that I could ask them questions. And I took every line, every failure of my, of my, of my own experience The best that Jason Cisneros had to offer for business caused bankruptcy, right? So I wanted to get new information. And I got that information from these other business owners, not all at once, but in a compilation over years of working with Tony and traveling the world with him and being one of his top speakers, I got a chance to have these conversations. And I took my failures and what they would have done in those instances, and I built a, a, a system out of that. OK, now when I go out and get into business, I'm going to have a system that's been built based on what not to do and what to do. Right? <laughs> and, and so I got into the turnaround business. I turned around a few companies, uh, took that money. I started buying companies of my own and really architected. This is my nickname, you know, in the business world, obviously, my nickname is the architect because I architected um, and got passionate about companies that were failing, And that were really hard off and that was that, you know, you were about to lose 100 jobs or or 150 jobs or a third generation business or whoever it was. I got a real passion for these people. And the other thing that I fell in love with in the entrepreneurial space was the hearts of business owners, because we're very unique, right? We will go months without a paycheck to make sure that our people eat. We will make, you know, we will we'll sacrifice yes. will sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice because we have a hope of a dream somewhere down the road. And the odds, the, the statistical data, uh, math filled uh, uh, information that we have is that if I start a business today, I have a 95 chance, 95% chance of being out of business within five years. And we still do it. There's something special about business owners, right? And while they're embedded in it, they care so much about other people. They care about their—they have to. It's a necessity of having a successful business is that you have to care more about the outcome for your client, and you have to take better care of the people who work for you, or else you have no business. That's what I love about business—not—not not, um, you know Amazon and 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 these companies that have unfair rules set for them uh, with a government that combines with them and, and, and holds everybody else down. I'm that's, that's unethical business, ethical business, ethical business tells us that we have to be servants. Yes. And it draws the best out of us because it takes our ego out and we have to be listening and seeing the ways that we can solve problems better than anybody else. Right.
0: Love it. Love it.
1: Yeah. So, so that's what I did, and I I started doing it for myself, and then in a few years back, 2019, February 2019, I sold all of my companies, and my intent was to retire and to you know sort of do <laughs> the things I was doing in charity. And I'm busier now than I've ever been in my entire life, and it's because I have those resources to be able to say whatever I want to say. When I'm on people's podcasts like yours or my, pod, my podcast, which is called The Bald Avenger Show, um, I can have conversations and say things other people can't because you can't cancel me, right? A lot of people are afraid to say what they think because there's going to be some sort of financial ramifications.
0: Too late. You're politically correct <laughs> or whatever it is with filters, but, the, the, but never sharing sure true reality of situation and things that we actually need more than ever. So please yeah. bring it on.
1: Yes. <laughs> so so that's what my show that's how it started that's how it evolved that's what kind of put me on that road. But in the business world when I did when I did retire one of the th- or when I did sell one of the companies that I kept was my consulting company that we started for a whole other reason than being in the consulting world. We started it so that we could teach business owners how to properly value their business so that we could acquire them in a in a a, a decent conversation so they would know the financial conversation that we were having. And that turned into um, really helping business owners that were struggling, that had tried everything else. They'd been all the seminars, they'd been, they'd read the books, they've, you know, they've hired the consultants, they had done all of that stuff. And they figured, you know, and and that's what I am. I'm a turnaround specialist. And I was a broke turnaround specialist. I was a broke business owner. I was somebody who had no reputation, no name. Nobody would have lent me money. I wouldn't have lent me money and they shouldn't have. So what I had to do was I had to sing for my money every day that I was in business. I had to make sure that my people were paid. I had to make sure that with, without having the generosity of other people, which is called investment dollars or, or banks that, that are lending you money, I had to do that on my own. And, and so those are the principles that we built this consulting company on. Massive hit. We're in our 12th year. We're one of the top 10 consulting companies in the country. And, and um, people, a lot of people don't even know that I own it. It's called Anton J Global. Um, and, and it was built on those principles of Here's what you actually do, not some theory from some guy who read a book and he's repurposing content, you know, and and selling you for $2,997, you can get the secret to your business. There's no such thing, you know, (laughs) so stop buying it, right? You're talking about I'm so glad who,
0: you're dispelling those myths. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. You know, at the end of the day, if you want to believe that you can, that you can trade your milk cow in for a for a pile of beans, and it's going to lead you to a a duck that that produces a, a um, you know an egg of gold for you, if you could. There's people. There's those are fairy tales for a reason because yeah. humanity wants to believe that there's some sort of an easy pill. And there's Instead no such thing. It,
0: yes, without really putting effort and without doing personal growth and everything you shared so far, uh besides based, based you know, of course, uh, everybody knows Antner Robbins. It is taking action and working on yourself and growing yourself. If you did not do that, you will not be here where you two are today, and that is amazing because that can never be taken away from you, and you, you can never t- go to back to old state because now you know better. You just can propel forward. You cannot even stagnate because people don't understand when you reach certain levels it's like it's no parking it's not pausing it's just to accelerate and moving forward right and that's what's so beautiful and 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 at, as they say no limits everything is just amazingly wide open but the reality is that we live in society and you spot on that one a silver bullet that one is quick fix that we're looking for everything and anything outside ourselves and as we know you and i very well everything that is worthwhile experiencing and making it happen comes from within
1: well and it comes from people that have actually lived it there's this word called competence that doesn't give that doesn't get a whole lot of play in in society today because they'd rather listen to those charlatans that tell you that there's three easy steps to you know, to this, that, or the other, to losing 10 pounds or to selling your business or being rich or being in a great relationship. There's, there's no such thing. What there is, is there are principles of behavior that lead to predictable results and outcomes. And if you can find those people, if you can find that information anywhere in the world, you should, you should throw yourself in front of their information at the mercy. That's what I did you know i was like please teach me i failed three times i lost my wife I lost everything. every three times <laughs> yeah well three i mean what i learned later on was to fail smaller right yes. Fail smaller. yes it's what the 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 sharpshooters do in the military they say aim small miss small and it's the same thing in our businesses if we learn how to properly fail because a successful business isn't successful without a predictable set of of failures that you've set in place that you know okay i got to test this i got to test that when it fails your whole company doesn't go under that thing tells you go left or go right right and and so that's that's really what has led to that and 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 you know to finish that out that anton j global our tagline now is we help good people make more money get more time so they can do more good because that's where we raised 3 million bucks last year for charity It all came from businesses that we had helped or people that had listened to me or taken my course um, and done that stuff. That's where it all came from was the increase from doing business the right way that they got. I knew because they were already givers that they would give more when they had more to the things that I cared about, to the things that they cared about, to cancer, to things that I don't even work on. And that's that my so contribution. so
0: beautiful, like you helping them out to be better and to be more financially uh, secure and accomplished. And as a result, their support in the causes that are, they're very passionate about. And on the end, everybody wins. That is a beautiful business a philosophy and circle of life, in my opinion, when you really do apply yourself in such a deep, meaningful and impactful way. So do you mind sharing a little bit background story about the name of the company?
1: So it's, um, what I did was at the time when I was forming this company, I had learned a lesson from Tony Robbins himself, actually, which was never name the company after yourself (laughs) because then what, how do you sell it? Right. How do you, how do you get out of it? If Tony Robbins isn't there, then what value do you get? And there's a lot of value embedded in this company, but that's the mentality, right? So what I was doing was I was, I was sitting around, I'm like, okay, what can I call this company? And at the time I was, I was adopted, as I mentioned to you, when I was younger and I found out who my real dad was. I was doing a lot of genealogical work um, on my dad's side to, to find out where I came from and who I was. Um, my, my, I was born one name, adopted to a second name, and then took back my real father's last name, which is Cisneros. That's my actual um, family name. And I was doing some research and came across this, uh, you know, this gentleman in our family line who had, who had done some really amazing things and his first name was Anton. And, and then I wanted my initial or something in there. So I put J, we were doing some stuff over in Asia. So J-A-E, uh, which is the, the last name in J uh, is very, very popular in, in, Asian, uh, uh, in the Asian community. So it was Anton J, J-A-E.com. And that became the name of the company. So now it's Anton J Global. We do work around the world. We've helped companies in multiple countries and a ton here in the United States. And we've got a very, very high success ratio.
0: That's amazing. And I love that story because as you mentioned, yes, um, but, but, but it's energy behind it, right? And it tends and that um, again, no, no accident why it's successful and why it attracts um, people, but in the same time, why, what, what do you bring to the table and how you tie it, all this together. When we have that emotional charge and power behind it and intent and belief before others start believing in us, like you mentioned, uh, without college degree, without even graduating from high school, building multi million dollar businesses and selling and buying and helping and supporting so many others to do that. Um, it's that is
1: clients, it's funny to have clients that graduated from Harvard from Yale from Wharton School of Business it's funny to me it's it's i love it because that means that not only do they have a great degree but they also have a level of humility for a dropout a high school dropout to teach them something that they don't know right
0: Wow. Oh, and, and, and I love that because everybody can learn from everybody. But I love also, as you just said, that when we take an ego away, when we really humbly accept what we're missing, what we're not sure, or what we don't know, it's a level field that is completely different. And then your life uh, experiences that um, obviously contribute so significantly. So I wanted for everybody that's listening and watching to really stake away all of those things that they believe. Um, that they're self-sabotaging that they cannot do because of million reasons why not, right? And then change the script for million reasons why, why, why shouldn't you, right? And, uh, and and then again, why not you? Uh, because uh, right now we're seeing a lot of shifts on a global scale, not only because of COVID and economy obviously, uh, but a lot of people are really losing not only confidence but also, they're sure where to go, what to do, and, and how to rebuild or build a new traction, or even just start over. Um, and for both of us who started over many times, for me obviously due to horrible circumstances of war and losing everything that I ever knew in a forced environment uh, during the war in former Yugoslavia and living in five different countries on my own, and being in US is my sixth country and speaking English and learning English as my sixth language, you know, it, it's just the sh- perseverance and desire and drive knowing that if you are destined or I am destined for something bigger, greater. And I'm sure you can relate uh, how many times nobody believed in you and you had to pick yourself up and start believing in yourself, right? Before they could believe in you because there was nothing left on the bottom of the black pits, right? <laughs> so, and, and and seeing so many people in those places that just could not know the difference, not necessarily having these nurturing environments. I just wanna say, first of all, kudo you for still supporting such a causes and and, and looking on the global scale of what is going on to show those people that is the other way, that is uh, the other opportunities there. Uh, but in the same time to show who truly genuinely care because a lot of times as you know it's always price tag attached or hidden agendas and right now we're seeing exodus of so much uh on so many levels and it's just always great to have that anchor somewhere right
1: amen amen yeah i think i think that today you know what happens when you have resets of any kind and right now you've got a uh, uh, covid you've got some Uh, or you had a racial reset, you had, you know, you've had so many resets over the course of the last, just the last year. And in in uncertainty are the greatest opportunities for opportunity to arise for people that it's unlikely to arise for, right? So, so for us, I mean, I, I, I know I've made my money. I mean, you know, cleaning toilets, like we had commercial janitorial companies, like the things that weren't sexy because I don't care about sexy. What I, what I care about is taking care of my family. What I cared about was paying the mortgage. What I cared about was the things that mattered. And, and that didn't, you know, there was no ego involved because who cares? Who cares what Jason Cisneros thinks of himself, honestly, like, you know, he could be, I could be, I don't want to talk about myself in third uh, uh, person because that's a hugely egotistical thing to do. <laughs> but I'm saying that if, if I was in a position right now, even where I thought, well, it's, I wonder how I look. I want, I don't care. I, I just don't care because when I did care, I was surrounded by people who were buying an outward version of who I was that wasn't true. You know, now, and you can ask my girlfriends and my best friends and the people I work with and the people on Clubhouse, I am the same exact person through all aspects of my life, period, end of sentence. I don't look over my shoulder. I don't, nobody has to wonder whether I'm the same person. You know, I'm the same person with the Uber driver as I am with, with the, the CEO of a multinational organization or, or General Flynn, who was recently on my show. I'm the same person. That
0: is so beautiful to me. That is actually the best demonstration, what true leadership is all about. It's 24-7, consistent, congruent, not what we portray to our family versus to our coworkers or based on the title or relationship or people that don't know us. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of people miss it. And I always joke around there playing the split personalities. And it's hard to maintain them when you are constantly changing who you are, the pen, and who you're in front of. And uh, um, that is, uh, again, not only core of the of what leadership it's all about but i also think it is something that is greatly greatly missing in our business world that needs to be coming back that human aspects of it and uh, confidence and comfort level because none of us are perfect but with that imperfection to lead and 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 show up and 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 serve no matter what and i think that is hugely, hugely needed. So I just want to kudos you for doing that.
1: Well, you make a really great point. Everybody today wants technology in their company so that they can become the next Amazon. I'm just telling you, it's a giant mistake. You live in a world of opportunity where if you made a phone call to your customers, if you reached out to them, if you, you know, took them out to dinner, if you spent more personal time with your customers, then your business is going to be more successful. We live in a great day of opportunity for most of us that have been like, wow, I've got this great app. And and all it's doing is it's physically pushing you further away from your customer, which the further that your customer gets away from you, the lower your price gets, the higher the return rates become, the, the less predictable your business becomes. The closer, I want everybody that if I, you know, again, I've, I've sold all of my businesses except for my consulting company. My consulting company is run by a, a team of ninja assassins. They're like, they're amazing. That they, they learned all of my tactics. They're amazing people. Uh, Joe Callow, who's the president of it. Uh, and, you know, Carlos, who's been my COO for over 15 years. You know, the people that work in my organization we're, we want people as close to us as we can possibly get them, right? Because we care. We want, we care about human that relationship.
0: connection, yes. It,
1: it is, a, it's a human connection. And that's to your point, it's missing, you know, Bill O'Reilly, you like him or you don't like him, I don't really care. He's somebody who's done an amazing, uh, did an amazing job with his career, but he said something years and years ago, he said, the future belongs to people who can communicate on a one-on-one basis, Right. And and we're so wrapped up in our phones and our and connects,
0: right? Not just the communication. Yeah, not
1: communicate. But that's part of communication. We think that that communication is I'm talking at Isabella. You and I are, are connected. Like we have we have a relationship, you know. I care about what's going on with you. You care about what's going on with me. And and that's going to continue to grow over time because that's how the world is supposed to work. We're not supposed to be doing meetings over Zoom. We're not supposed to have this pandemic, have us you know, all of a sudden realize we don't need each other. What it did was it had the opposite effect. We realized how much we need each other even through a, 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 a social media app called Clubhouse that blew up during this because it was the opportunity for people to connect even with just their voices. To yeah. connect on a real soul level and have real conversations and not have people talking at you through some you know some box that you don't have any inter- interconnected interconnectedness with
0: that is so very true and 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 i love it what you're saying and and then what is also beautiful you want just just mentioned clubhouse when you just hear the voice it's just such a beauty because you know who is real, you know who is fake, you know who is pretending. You you just feel energetically, vibrationally, but intentionally, and the choice of the words also, who you can trust. And it's so amazing because certain people just automatically gain gain that trust because they exude the trust and they give and trust back. So, with that in mind, obviously, you've been so many times around the block, you did so many great things. I'm just curious how comedian aspects. Blaze the game and with everything else when that started and just tell us a little clip of some comedian uh things you do i'm I'm just really curious when that started and uh, what that looks like
1: well it's an evolution really i mean like anybody else's life it's an evolution and when when i was finding that i had a voice online with my podcast um, you know, I look back through history and and you could go all the way back to Shakespeare, you know, you could go back through all the greatest writers of their time, and you exactly. find that they make fun of or, uh, or tell stories around the crises of the times, and they couch them in stories with fictitious people in them, or other stories or whatever and the comedians, especially um, we're able to address and are able to address, maybe not so much these days, but are able to address it in a way where we laugh about it. And they're like, I can't believe she just said that. I can't believe he just said that, but it's exactly what I was thinking. Right. And so comedy for me, there's a lot of garbage out there right now. I mean, the, the comedy world is full of people who think that it's shock value And I can say the most disgusting, nasty thing just to sort of elicit some sort of an uncomfortable laugh from somebody to a point where now even even the the comedy central uh, uh, shows that you have have laughter pumped in because they're not funny. They're not funny. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much you can take. You know on one side of the equation I don't this isn't a political statement but you know it's not funny to make fun of Trump anymore like you how, how I mean how, how many how many comedians do we need one or two for yeah. sure you yeah. know what I mean for sure when we need to make-
0: when it's overused and and, and when it's over no matter what it is right it doesn't
1: it doesn't matter like how many you know and and, and so it's so one-sided and it's so you know un, you know and, and then the people that are uh, comedians, this is a this is a symptom. Like there's a, a a saying, the canary in the coal mine, right? They would put a canary down to see if there was any poisonous gases, and if it came up alive, the people would go down into the into the mine and start mining for the day. If the canary came back up dead, that meant that they needed to air it out because they would die as well from dream, uh, to, from breathing that. And so our our comedians and our uh, comedy world is is a canary in the in the coal mine for a society and when you start canceling comedians you are canceling the first amendment the right to free speech now i know that there's a lot of things that people say that are ugly and i but i i would fight and die as our ancestors have for the ability for them to be able to say that you talked about uh where what country did you say you're from
0: originally from from Yugoslavia, from croatia
1: so yeah, so from Yugoslavia, right, from from that area, how how much uh, back in the day, especially, right? If you criticize the government, what would happen?
0: <laughs> I mean, we were in that time in very socialistic environment, but you know, we, we were just culture of humor. But we'll, but the pen what do you do and how intentional? And, and charge how, how you build big, huge following, right, then that could be all perceived very quickly as a threat. So yeah, that, that will quickly be sabotaged.
1: That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So if it, it, it's it, it's because of what you say, and if your words are finding a home that gathers people together, yes. you are a threat to yes. a to a socialistic, communistic, uh, uh, totalitarian, Marxist type mentality. Yes. Period. End, so, end of sentence. So, so when we have the United States of America as a bastion of freedom, the the that is one of the cornerstones is the freedom to be able to say whatever the hell we want. Now we don't have to dis, we don't have to agree with it. If we don't like something somebody says or we don't like a comedian, just turn the channel. Don't go after everybody that's ever paid him. Don't go after the the sponsors. Don't go after Pepsi. Don't go after Coke. That is the the beginnings, if not a cornerstone, of that socialistic, uh, uh, communistic side of the the world. And so comedy, for me, to get back to your original question, became an exercise in the free speech, uh, of free speech and modeling some of the greatest voices through history that changed the world through their comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those voices that were criticizing a government that, would, that had overreached, that were criticizing a, a, a racism in a, in a day and age when, when it was more accepted, uh, you know, criticizing, uh, of, um, you know, the abuse of women and holding them down and breaking those, those that's the icebreaker, that's the tip of the spear is our, comedic, our comics. To be able to say the things that get people going you know that's not right like women should have the right to vote you know what that's right that person's skin color should have nothing to do with their opportunities in life you know what that that's that's really that's right like we should the, on and on and on throughout history it's been our comedy and our and our writers that have been able to be the tip of the spear in a rebellion that is necessary from people that would gather and gain and garner so much power that they would influence and utilize us as servants. Right. And that's what's going on right now. You have Amazon working with big media, working with the government, working with uh, uh, social media on and on and on to quiet voices that say anything about their overarching, overreaching power.
0: Very, very true. We have a lot of polarization, and we have a lot of skewed views. And people are also receiving information from that digital footprint. And when you also have ownership of the magazine that is being reputable and very well known, and when you also have a team going on over and over with with the same um, narrative. Uh, quickly things are definitely shifting and you find more and more division and versus more d- a diversified way of thinking, right? But I love that you challenging yourself in a new way and in going in charted waters with comedy because Um, as we see in the film, as we see in the documentaries, also tremendous need to really change the script and change the type of stories and then really change the different outcomes from we traditionally been seeing i So looking forward to hear some of your uh, comedy moments and also some of the topics and things you're gonna be addressing in in their future. All of
1: them, you know, from, from, uh, um, you know, this toxic masculinity, to, you know, racism, I believe is dead, except for the people that profit from it. Like there's all, and, and, and here's the thing of why I think my comedy has worked in the past, is working now, will work in the future, is because it's telling a truth. I'm out in the real world, you're out in the real world. You're one skin color, I'm another skin color. You're from one country, I'm from another country. You're one sex, I'm another sex. Like, we have this diversity of views, but I love you. And they can't stop that. Right, they can't stop that. Whether it's my black brothers and sisters, whether it's my white brothers and sisters, whether it's my gay brothers and sisters, whether it's my whatever, you can't stop me from loving you. Right, and let throughout your behavior, I'm still going to love you. I'm gonna have to stop traffickers, and we have to do those things against people that would harm others. But at the end of the day, we're starting to understand we're not judging each other by each other's skin color anymore. We're not, we the people which is this sign right down here below me, right? We, the people are not doing that stupid, idiotic stuff anymore. You know who are the people who need power called politicians, the people Absolutely. who need money, the people that, you know, those kind of things. We, we, the people are starting to figure out as clubhouse is such a great space for that, right? You have black and white and gay and straight and people that, that all across the board, that when you hear my voice, fall out of my lips into your ear and you hear the caring and the empathy and the love and the and, and the non-judgmental and the, I don't I'm not better than you An
0: acceptance and then that and is
1: yeah it's you can't fool people with that and so people start hearing okay I might listen to CNN I might listen to Fox and now I'm having this this interaction with somebody else going that's that's not what I'm seeing on the news that's not what's actually happening out here like we actually care about each other, right? We're helping each other pay each other's rent. We're helping each other uh, feed each other. We're helping rescue children of all colors, predominantly people of uh, little children of color. Like we're helping fight against the pimps and the and the traffickers, which are primarily men of color, right? That, that, that you have this weird mixture of, of white and everybody trying to fight the same, the the, the, the things that are necessary to fight. There's good people and there's people who would take advantage of those good people. I'm in the good people,
0: I, I, I wanna be I can. with good people. And Jason just wanted to say as someone who worked with genocide, torture, war trauma, human traffic, raped victim from over 120 countries, very, very closely. Hmm. I used to rehabilitate these individuals for over a decade in two different countries and mostly in United States for over, over, over a decade. I really wanted just to say thank you for what you're doing. And um, I was, as a survivor myself, uh, of genocide, torture, war trauma, I, I working with them and hearing firsthand their stories and who usually gets targeted and how do we even possibly have more than half of the world already experiencing the worst atrocities that we inflict on each other? Mm. And why is that happening and how do we use uh, the fear and all these methodologies of war and and, and ethnic cleansing or whatever might be scenario you spot on, it's because of control. And who gets usually targeted, it's educators, community leaders that have a following that are usually leading with compassion, kindness and all these beautiful attributes, right? But they represent the threat because guess what? If they're already getting their power in opposite what we know or we're capable of, only way we know it's how to do this is by destroying that and taking it back by force. And I think we have a huge opportunity now to change the script and really show Uh, how we can even reconcile, but also how can we solve some of these complex issues? And I cannot wait to disclose more what I'm doing uh, and opportunities where we can truly now leverage technology and digital footprints and media, as well as documentaries and film productions Uh, that can really, really help to entertain, but also educate and empower. Because right now more than ever, I really believe that those three things will change the landscape um, that desperately people are craving for. So with that in mind, my friend, I wanna ask you, obviously being around the block many times and you accomplished so much. So what is left in your bucket list? And also what would you like your legacy to be?
1: That's a great question. Um, I've actually thought about it um, from a perspective of, um, you know, I, I did this exercise a while back where I went to my deathbed and then I took it a little further and I went past my death and was looking back on my funeral and, you know, and then the legacy of my children and so on and so forth. Um, and, and really what, what I want on my headstone as my legacy is that here lies a man that he's suffering. As much as he could you know Mm -hmm. and 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 i want my i i want my children and i want everybody at my funeral to be laughing about the experiences that we had together about um you know uh crying over the lives that that we changed that that would be there and present and wouldn't have been free if it wasn't for our efforts i want i want it to be a celebration um of of a life well spent and and I think that that ease suffering is the legacy that I want to leave, but one of laughter and one of joy and one of happiness and, and one of acceptance and, and loving each other and realizing that, that we as the individual, anybody that's listening to my voice can understand our lives are not dependent on a centralized government somewhere. It's not dependent on our neighbor, our past, our future, our, our, our skin color, our sexual preference, our gender. It's not, it's not dependent on any of that. You know, we're, we're a miracle. You're a miracle. You know, you outran 60 million sperm or whatever it was to become the one that, that became you. And, and, and you're, you're, you start out as a winner and we forget world wants to teach us doubt, right? It wants to teach us that we're less than, and we're not, there's nobody that's watching this. My girlfriend um, has on her computer, this beautiful picture. And it says the quote, quote underneath of it says, You'll never look into the the eyes of a person who God does not love. And if we could all operate on that principle, the world would be a much better place.
0: That is so deep. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. That is so deep. And and the perfect way to conclude uh, this amazing conversation uh, on this Legacy Leader Show, Jason. Uh, with that in mind, do you mind just sharing in a closing, any other remarks uh, that you wanna leave the audience with? Because obviously you had an amazing journey. You shows better over time, you built and pushed yourself further and further. And as a result, now you are able to not only consult and support, but also solve some of the worst possible situations that we are still facing in modern times. And what would you like to leave them with?
1: You know, the, there's, there's this idea that got stolen from us. If there's a book of life, there's always going to be a, grou- a group of people. How you keep slaves enslaved, how you keep people um, dependent on you is to take away knowledge, right? Is to hide knowledge, to hide critical knowledge. Yes. And part of the critical knowledge that's been ripped out, even in this day of social media and, and you know, uh, huge access to information, the, the book of the, the page that's missing is that the life that you're living, the business you're building, the reason you're working, the things that you're doing is to create freedom. One word, it's one word. You're working to create freedom. That freedom looks different for eight billion people on the planet. It's not for me to define, it's not for you to define, it's for you to define as the individual. What does your freedom mean? What does it cost? right? What does it cost? There's always a cost to it. And your efforts and energy should be going towards funding that and, and putting your money towards that instead of looking impressive for people who don't like you anyway, and won't be there for you if you lose it. (laughs) It, it's It's to invest in relationships with people because you love them and they love you back. And there's a mutual outcome for each other with each other not because of who you know or name dropping or all the other things that, that, that get done in this world. Yeah. But when you realize that you're playing the game for freedom, when you reach it, you're honor bound to create it for other people. And in that creation, you have to become someone that you're not today to attain the word freedom. And then you're on, by the time you get there, you realize that thing that you have to become is a servant. To be able to attain freedom in the first place. Slaves can't free other slaves. Yes. Free people, slave, free slaves. Free people, free slaves. And you've been broken in, in spots. I know everybody watching this, listening to my words, has been broken in spots that you're stronger in now. They won't re-break. It's like the human body. You just you you are honor bound to create freedom for other people. And in that is a life well-lived, a life of service, a life where When I get to the pearly gates, I just want to hear, well done.
0: (laughs) That is beautiful. And life of meaning, right? Because we want to live life that is meaningful and that matters. And and, and I'm so glad you reminded us all what that looks like and why is that so important.
1: Mm. Well, thank you so much for your show and what you do and the voice that you add to this world. Somebody that's got tremendous and had tremendous challenges and, co- and has chosen to love at a super high level and has chosen to serve at a super high level by doing your show, by putting your voice out there, by having such deep compassion for people um, and wanting their success almost more than they do in some instances. I, I love you. I love your heart. I love your energy. And I love what you're adding back into the world. And I'm here anytime you need me. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Jason. Likewise, and again, as a big fan, I cannot wait for this to be continued. And everybody that has been listening and watching, please make sure you go and check out Jason's work on social media. He is not only available in Clubhouse, he's also on in Instagram, LinkedIn, and his website because, <clears throat> excuse me, things he's been doing and continue to do are remarkable. And you want to get involved as much as you can okay guys take action and i look forward to talking to you soon thank you for listening to legacy leader show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer cheers